Welcome to Unfederated, a podcast for freelancers hosted by a brother and sister who are polar opposites, but have found a way to make a living doing what they love. Hey, brother. Hey, Sarah. How's it going? Pretty good. No complaints. Denver's good. nice this weekend. Awesome. Uh, my my general vicinity is getting uh, getting snow. Are you guys? Nope. Okay. <laughs> but the mountains have a ton of snow. We were supposed to be in Vail this weekend, and so we were going to be all around that. And instead, um, I'm in Denver, and it was like, uh, you know, light sweater weather earlier. So I can't believe that probably never happens when you have snow and we do not. Yeah, not at all. No way. Uh, we got some friends that just moved to Asheville, North Carolina, and they got like 15 inches, which is just just crazy to me. That is so crazy. Yeah, I got like a whole bunch of videos from my friends in Brevard, North Carolina uh, this morning, um, with, and they were all without power. Uh, so that's always kind of fun. I like it being without power for like a brief period of time. Yeah, I, I was talking to uh, uh, Rachel, my wife, uh, this morning, and she was talking about how the the excitement of snow days is just completely lost on her. <laughs> Now, um, that, uh, all it means for us uh, quite pragmatically is that, uh, we don't have childcare, <laughs> um, but our, our work, like we, we can still work cause we both work from home. And so that like the kind of the, the magic nature of it, of like, Oh, it's a snow day. Everything's different is not, not at all. It's just kind of completely lost on us, uh, which I hadn't thought about, but she's to some degree, she's right. And that was kind of like a big, like, oh, gosh, we're adults. And that sucks. That's such moment. a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, so that kind of ties in a little bit to what we're talking about today, which is finding rest. Uh, this is a topic that I suggested because it's something I've been thinking about a lot in that I'm, you know, nearing in on almost two years of doing freelancing. And I've been so freaking excited about it all this time that, uh, I haven't really cared to make time for rest. Uh, I've just, I've just been going wide open. Uh, I, I've, I've even found like, you know, I'm not really watching TV or doing some stuff like in the evenings, like I used to, because like push comes to shove, I'd, I'd rather work, which is, uh, an awesome thing that I, that I love my work that much and I love what I'm doing and that I would prioritize it over a lot of things. But, I'm finally getting, I think, to a little bit of a season where I'm realizing that I'm going to have to take care of myself some and and find some times to carve out times to not work and not feel guilty about it, uh, which the second part is is not easy for me. Yeah, no joke. What What's bringing you to this realization now? Uh, I, I think I'm just, it, it's dawning on me that this is my long-term plan, right? This And this is my goal and what I've been doing although it's been great for building my business is not sustainable forever. And I want to do what I'm doing forever. So at some point I'm going to have to find an equilibrium that makes this work where I can kind of get into a groove and carve out, um, the ability to, you know, sustain this in a way that's healthy. That makes sense. Is it the holidays that's making you realize like, Oh, Whoa, it's time has passed. You can't keep running at a break, like sprinting at breakneck speed anymore. Yeah, I think it could be. It's probably one part holidays and in two parts. Uh, I I really am kind of at. I think I mentioned this in our last show, but I'm I'm at capacity in a lot of ways, and so I'm trying to figure out what to do about that. And that's that's been a, a more difficult problem than uh, than one might imagine. 
uh, when you, when you've not experienced it. And so part of figuring out, okay, which mix of clients do I want? How much do I want to work? What clients do I enjoy, uh, working with and, and not working with and all those kind of questions you have to kind of figure out. Part of it is, you know, how much time do I want to make for work? Cause you know, I could work 80 hours a week or <laughs> I could work 30 hours a week. Um, all of that's, you know, completely flexible to me. And there's some other dynamics of it on the, on the other side, like on the personal side, like once I, you know, we've talked about, uh, taking your, your work money home and when it becomes your personal, but I feel like to some degree I'm dealing with like, what happens when I take my work time home, you know, uh, in a, in a similar way that kind of resource and how much time do I need to allocate, to um, parenting and parenting well and, and doing stuff, um, like when my daughter's sick and Rachel and I both have to kind of scramble to help cover, like, I, you know, I just want margin for stuff like that. I, I want, um, that stuff's going to happen, right? Like, and, and if it doesn't great, but like it, in all reality, it's going to some. And so I want to make sure that since there's no one to cover my workload when I'm not there, that I leave enough capacity to, um, to be able to be, you know, uh, helpful in those situations. Yeah. I like that. I think it's a good thing to consider all the time. And it's nice that you're considering it because you've got enough stuff to do and you don't want to run headlong into working a million hours. Cause that's the natural, very American way of doing things mm-hmm. is to. And when you love what you do, like, I mean, honestly, if you ask me, Hey Rob, it's, you know, eight o'clock on a Sunday, would you rather, watch some TV show that kind of sucks and just sit on the couch or would you rather go, you know, work an hour and make whatever your hourly rate is like more times than not, I'm going to choose the latter, right? Like there's, there's very like my threshold for what is important has changed. And so like, yeah, sure. There's a, you know, the Steelers are playing. I want to watch that. That matters to me. But you know, a lot of the other stuff that I've, I've found doing with my time before, I didn't really enjoy all that much, but I wasn't going to sacrifice that to make someone else money. But in a realm where I'm, I'm sacrificing that to make myself money, to make my family money. Um, that, that looks a lot different, (laughs) you know, cool. I mean, we're in the golden age of television too. So if you prefer to do things other than watch TV, that's an excellent sign. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's just all, all kinds of elements of that. Um, so anyways, I, I thought we could talk a little bit about what we do to kind of make sure we're finding time for us and, and kind of avoiding burnout. Ultimately, um, I called it, uh, finding rest, but, um, kind of the goal behind it is, is to figure out ways to, to keep ourselves motivated and, and productive and healthy and not just kind of getting stuck in a rut. Yeah. I like it. So how are you doing it? What's the secret? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I don't know what the secret is. I know some things that I have tried and am currently trying, uh, which I'm happy to unpack a little bit. Um, one of them that I've done a lot in the last probably six months is prioritizing exercise. And, and so that, you know, I, I, in a perfect world, all of my days would be kind of um, predictable that I'd have like a, a regimen where I know that like, Tuesday mornings I go for a run and you know, these days I do these things and I could just kind of plan around them and feel good about it. Um, exercise has been a little harder than that. Uh, I do work out with a trainer a couple of days a week, so that's scheduled. 
But when uh, stuff like running, whatever, especially this time of year is really challenging if it's raining or snowing or whatever, um, makes it harder to do that. So I would say for the first little bit of my business, I would just, um, prioritize my business over that. And I think in the last couple of months, I've been, I've begun to shift that a little bit and making sure that I at least go run two days a week and then exercise two days a week. And if I have time for more than that, great. But like, you know, that's something I need to do every week. And that make you know, gets me out of the office, gets, gets me away from screens, gets me like time to not only, you know, improve my physical health, but, uh, just kind of clear my mind about stuff a little bit. And, uh, I've gotten to where I'm even sometimes telling Siri to jot some reminders down from my AirPods while I'm running. Cause it, uh, you know, my mind just engages at a different level and, and stuff kind of bubbles up to the top. And so that's been super helpful. What, um, how do you do that? Cause I have fallen off the wagon. Normally it's pretty easy for me to go exercise a bunch because, um, most of my hobbies are like that. But since the weather has changed, it's gotten so dark. It, it's, um, and I've been not going to acupuncture and dealing with like health stuff. And so I don't feel like I have the capacity. I'm like, I'm already doing so much, <laughs> um, within the amount of time that it's daylight. Uh, I guess I usually go after work and, and now it's so dark after work. It just seems like an absurd idea to go to the gym when it's just black as night outside. Um, so how are you managing to work it in and not feel, I mean, you guys have been sick this, this week. So have you been able to work out as well as you normally do? Um, yeah, I, uh, two part answer to that one, I decided a couple of weeks ago that I needed to be more regimented about, the times I woke up and went to, and went to bed and, and it sounds dumb, but because I don't have to be anywhere at a certain time in the morning, I, I have that flexibility, but I was finding that like I was sleeping a lot, but the, but I still felt tired. Like the quality of my sleep wasn't awesome. So kind of as a test, I started um, making myself get up at, I mean, it's not even super early, but I set alarm for 6.30 every morning. and That is very early to me as someone okay. with no children. Yeah. Well, um, most, you know, most of my friends that have to be somewhere at 8 and have kids, like that's just part of their normal life. Um, but so I, I started doing that, and that's that. Uh, the result of that was that I started going to bed earlier. I couldn't really make myself go to bed earlier because, you know, wasn't tired. But when I started waking up at 630 enough, all of a sudden that fixed that. Um, and so part of that was I was going to get up and I was going to try to go for a run uh, a couple days a week before my daughter woke up so that I wasn't putting more strain on my wife to have to take care of her while I wasn't around. And the mornings is usually the time that I, I help the most in that because I'm a morning person. And so tried to make that trade off and the nights. Um, so I had two days a week. I went with, the, uh, went and worked out with the trainer two days a week. I would try to go run. And the other days I was trying to work in some meditation. And oh, so I, was, I didn't I was do- know you've been doing that. Yeah. I've been just trying to do, um, you know, I had a, a season where, uh, well, I'm wound tight just to begin with. That's, that's my nature and has always been, um, I, had a season for a while where I was uh, kind of dealing with like some panic attack kind of stuff. And so that's something I've tried to like work into that. Um, so they gave me a reason to wake up every morning at seven, right? Like I'd get up and the days that trained her days, I'd still do the meditation in the morning, but I had something to do from, you know, seven to seven thirty each morning. 
And that was awesome until, as you mentioned, the time changed. And now that's like, uh, and the, the weather has changed. And now I've, you know, I look the night before I go to bed and I'm like, cool, it's going to be 28 degrees in the morning at seven. Like, uh, I have the flexibility to wait and go for a run at four in the afternoon. Maybe I'll do that. Cause then it's at least, you know, uh, 38 degrees. And, um, so anyways, that's, uh, been part of my regimen to your point. It's been, it's been more difficult to, to make that. I, I would prefer to go in the morning before my day starts. And then uh, I'm not, you know, I feel like I'm interrupting. It feels less like work is, uh, my running is going at the expense of work. If that makes sense, because I'm doing it before work hours, which is dumb. I know, but, um, you know, um, but it's not a break in the middle of my day that I have to, I have to deal with. What do you, um, I mean, I've just have so many questions about all the different things that you're working in. Do you think, have you always been a really regimented person where you kind of do the same thing every day? Um, is that your baseline? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, and it's, it's really, a. Uh, I don't know if it's a control thing. But <laughs> it's probably a control thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, I like to know what's going on. I've, I've the two days a week, the Tuesdays and Thursdays I go work out with the trainer are also my meeting days. So I do some stuff in the morning. I go work out with the trainer. And then that afternoon is when I try to schedule all of my out of the office meetings. And so like Tuesdays and Thursdays, I've like sacrificed to being like, I'm not going to get a lot of work done on those days. Um, so like being able to kind of batch all my other meetings, like it's helpful for me to have those days set aside so that I can try to steer all my meetings into those slots. Um, so that kind of stuff is just kind of helpful to have a little, you know, have a framework I'm working within. I don't know. I'm so all over the place. Like I don't, I don't trend towards doing the same thing every day. And that, I think I would be a lot, I would get a lot more done if I did, but I just, that's like not the way that I'm built. So, um, things are always different every single morning when I wake up. So it's good that you start there. <laughs> yeah. It just helps, it helps me. Um, it's, it's certainly been more challenging with a child, um, because there's this uh, ultimate variable of like whether she wakes up at five thirty in the morning wanting to watch cartoons or if she's, uh, you know, sick or whatever, that I'm kind of working around and that's challenging at times, but to the extent that I have some control over it, um, it's just nice. Uh, the situation I found myself in previously was that, uh, I would wake up when she woke up and really, you know, so would my wife and we wouldn't really have any kind of, the only time we had for ourselves was after she went to bed. And so we would have like an, you know, an hour and a half, two hours. And it, to me, that's my worst time of day, right? Like any serious conversations we need to have any, like, you know, I'm just not accomplishing anything, you know, that late in the, in the evening. So I, I kind of needed to make some time in the morning where I could, um, do the opposite of that. Yeah, I like that. I think, yeah. you know, and this is ridiculous that I have to go this far back, but in high school, I made a point of waking up really early every morning. And that was um, always really, really productive. I need to do that again. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's helped me. I've managed to kind of stick with it. And I'm also a person that, like, now on the weekends, I wake up at that same time, even though my alarm's not set at that. I mean, you know, like, I'd, once I get in a groove, like, I kind of wake up at the same time every day, regardless. That is um, also not me at all. Like yeah. <laughs> I still sleep like a teenager. Yeah. Like, I mean, people do this thing cause I travel a lot and so I'll go and I'll be staying with somebody else or we'll be traveling together. And I'll and like the night before I'm always saying, 
what time are you guys going to wake up in the morning? And they always say, oh, just whenever, just wake up whenever you wake up. And I'm like, I, like, I have to set an alarm or I genuinely am going to sleep until 2 p.m. So just tell me when we're waking up. Man, I'm, I'm so jealous of that. Uh, you mentioned my daughter's been sick. And so we had a couple nights uh, where she woke up multiple times in the middle of the night. And the next day we're like, when we put her down for her nap, we've been tempted to take a nap ourselves because we've been so tired. But if I took a nap, like I would, like it would totally wreck my sleep for like the next oh, really? like, three days. Yeah. Like I wouldn't be able to go to sleep that night. And then like the whole thing would be thrown off. It's, it's never worth it. Um, no, I can't take a nap because I, I can't, um, I can't then wake up and do anything and be like productive at all. I just oh, have to just, keep sleeping. <laughs> you're <laughs> so, just going to sleep for the, that night. <laughs> yeah. It's like 2 PM. I'm like, well, okay. See you in the morning. <laughs> the, the ship has sailed. So, <laughs> but yeah, so good for you that you can do all that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's odd. Cause I, I've found myself going, you know, I'm, I'm probably more consistently sleeping between seven and a half and eight hours a night, which is less than I was before but I feel a lot better and probably a combination between the exercise and just having a, a predictable time of going to bed and time waking up. And, um, you know, my body's just in a better rhythm, which I, I think is interesting. So, and then the, the other pieces of that have actually been pretty easy. Like I, I do like a meditation app that I subscribe to and that's not particularly expensive or difficult. And I don't really know. I mean, largely I don't know what I'm doing when it comes to that kind of stuff. So, um, that kind of helps me. Do you and, listen to the same like guided meditation every time? Yeah. I subscribe to like a set of them. It's, um, so it's the headspace app and it has, I don't know, I feel like the first like 60 or 90 days, it has a, a guided meditation for each day. And so it, like kind of, you know, expands your, both the link then like, you know, what you're trying to accomplish and doing it. Um, again, I'm uh, a complete noob with it, so I'm not going to try to speak like I know what I'm doing, but it's been great. Um, and then there's also some like packs you can get in the app too. So like there's stuff about sleep. So I could do it before I go to bed. If I was having a hard time going to sleep, uh, there's stuff about anxiety. Like there's all kinds of like very specific, uh, guided meditations that I could pull from if I wanted to realistically like being honest how many days a week do you do that um i think when before the weather changed i think i was doing it a solid four days a week um just for like 10 to 15 minutes i mean not long um and then as it's it's been more and more difficult to keep the schedule as i mentioned because it's so cold and i'm not going for my runs and until different times of the day and so it's just kind of frustrating all of that um so it's been a little more difficult lately but i also um kind of do it as a as i feel like i need to you know like if if i'm kind of stressed out or if i'm having you know uh, anxious about stuff i'm more inclined to uh, prioritize it versus if, if things are going really well, I'm, I just kind of let it ride sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll, I'll say the same thing for the run. Um, I am not someone who enjoys running. I played tennis as a kid and ran from that. But like, if you ask me to just go like run a mile, um, it's, that's kind of, I've always viewed that as pretty terrible. Um, but I have been using an app for that, um, called run keeper, and it actually has like a training, the subscription part of it, the app's free. But if you subscribe to like the pro thing, there's like a training component to it. 
And so I went and answered some questions and essentially said like, Hey, I'm, you know, uh, terribly poor at running <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and like, you know, here's, here's what's hard for me and here's, you know, where I feel comfortable and it, how, and how often I want to run. And so it schedules two runs a week for me. And so, um, I check those off as I complete them and it's got a functionality that I haven't, I, I don't think I, I kind of missed it at the beginning, but, um, the new schedule for the week comes out on Sunday and you, it actually will show you the weather of the week. And then you can, you can kind of like say, oh, okay, I'm going to do this first run on Wednesday. Cause it looks good. You know, the weather looks good on Wednesday and I'll do the other one on Saturday and then it'll like kind of prompt me. Um, I've just kind of been you know, winging the schedule part of it. Um, but, um, it's been great. So it's a lot of like interval training kind of stuff. So it's, uh, you know, I'm not, it's not like go run four miles, the, the end, you know? Um, so like, it'll be like combinations of running and walking for different distances. And it's all like kind of, you know, pushing me towards improving my overall fitness, which is great. And a way that isn't just like, you know, uh, miserable. So if, if you're intimidated by that, as I was, um, it's, it's been a really uh, good option for me. How, like, tell me, um, how far are you running and, and does it just have you, uh, running for a number of minutes and then walking and jogging or what's the deal? Yeah. Um, my goal is really, I started to do like a couch to 5k kind of thing. Um, I used to be, uh, able to do that very comfortably uh, a number of years ago. And then I dealt with some health stuff, um, as you well know, and, uh, kind of started all over as far as the fitness stuff. Cause I didn't work out for a, a number of, uh, years probably. And, uh, so it's, so I've been working towards that. And so sometimes the sessions are, uh, time-based and it'll, it'll be like a, a, a 23 minute workout, you know, and it says that on the beginning or sometimes it's distance based, but what they've largely been is, um, something like, like the 23 minute one will be like, um, run a minute and a half, uh, walk, uh, 30 seconds, run a minute and a half, walk 30 seconds, or, you know, it'll, it'll do that like 11 times or how, however the math works out. Or the distances will be like run a half mile, walk a half mile, run a half mile, walk a half mile. And then, uh, as it kind of progresses, knowing that the 5k is kind of my goal, um, the, the balance of running to walking is slowly shifting. And sometimes I'll get one where it'll have me go a, a much further distance, but it'll have me walking a greater portion of it. Um, just to kind of build, I think it's building stamina. Yeah. And so it's, it's all kind of gradually moving me in a direction, but I, and I feel like I'm, I'm getting a lot better, but it's, I mean, I don't think it's asked me once to just like go run a mile just straight out. You know, it's always been just different, um, mixes and matches of, of different intervals, which has been cool. What do you think is important about, uh, physical activity as far as when you said like finding rest, you know, rest from work? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think for me, it's probably two or three things. One is just disconnecting my mind from work, like going and doing something besides work is, is just helpful. Um, two, I think I, uh, there's, there's some value to me at least. And, and like at night when it's time to go to sleep, being tired, you know what I mean? Like, uh, if, if I'm sitting at my desk all day and I've got all this stuff running through my mind and like, I, I can go to where it's, it's time for rest and I can struggle to rest. And I think the exercise component of it, 
uh, really helps me, helps me not struggle with that. Right. I can, I can get there and be like, oh, I'll deal with that in the morning. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm just going to bed. Um, so that piece of it is, is really helpful. Um, and I think just the, I mean, you know, I, I don't know the science of, of all the endorphins that get released as you exercise and all of that kind of stuff. But I think there's a component of it that is like, I'm pushing myself on a different spectrum, you know, like I'm, I'm pushing myself from a business per- perspective and I'm, I'm, you know, trying to meet goals and, and, uh, get outside of my comfort zone and all this kind of stuff. But then I'm also kind of doing that in the physical fitness arena too, which is, um, which has been great. You know, it's just kind of a, a different place for me to, um, set goals and achieve them. And it allows me to come back to work feeling like a different level of motivation, you know, like a different level of empowerment, like, no matter how, you know, uh, if I have a, a client that's really difficult, like that doesn't have anything to do with my exercise, you know, like I can, I can still manage that and kind of a vacuum in a way that, uh, leaves me feeling a little bit more empowered. And so you have been doing just the, the, um, physical fitness stuff generally, like meeting with the trainer and the running app, um, for the last six months. Is that what you said? Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay, yep. so now that you're six months into it, are there? Do you feel like a radically different person in some way? Um, I am unquestionably the healthiest I've ever been. Um, yeah, which is not to say much. Like, let's not let's not get carried away as a low bar. <laughs> um, but no, I, I uh, like you know my ability to run is much greater than it's ever been. If if that's just a measure of like cardiovascular health, you know, there's nothing special about running. But um, and then. Uh, working out with a trainer has been one of those things that I would say we kind of splurged on. It's not like super uh, cheap, uh, but it's worth it. You know, it's one of those things that's it's expensive, but it's worth it. Um, for me, it's, you know, I'm paying them less than what my bill, my billable hour is. Right. So like, um, but it's the opportunity cost of that's an hour I'm spending doing that versus doing something else um, that's billable, but I also go in there and I can work out for 45 minutes and get my butt kicked, you know? So there's just something to be said for, um, the efficiency of being able to do that. And I think also beyond that, like I haven't injured myself. I've been progressing at like a, a healthy rate. That's um, a great point. Yeah. It, it's different every time. And I'm not like, I'm kind of outsourcing to someone else coming up with new and, and, uh, unique ways of, of, uh, working different muscle groups. And, you know, um, he'll have me work on a rower sometimes in the middle of our sessions. Um, we usually do a little bit of cardio, something in the middle to, cause it's kind of interval training. Um, and, or high high intensity intervals or whatever they call it, and so uh, mid workout we usually go do like a, a short hard cardio burst to just keep my heart rate up and and so all that kind of stuff has just been um yeah efficient like I mean I've always had lower back problems and I've always had some stuff like that and so like all of that was put on the table very early on we've worked around that like you know if if something's bothering me he'll adjust and customize the workout to to make it work for me. And so all that's just been really great that I don't have to think about that. Cause I think, I mean, in a lot of ways that's one of the barriers of like going to the gym, like you don't just show up and then all of a sudden you're like being worked out. You have to go with like a plan in, in place and coming up with a plan. I think for a lot of people is as intimidating as walking into the gym, you know? 
That's true. Like the decision fatigue when you've had a long day and you're like, should I go to the gym? Should I not go to the gym? And then you're like, oh, I have to go to the gym. I have to decide what to do. I have to like do all these additional things where I can just go home. <laughs> so you end up, if you go, you end up doing the same thing you always do, right? Like, yeah. you know, um, usually on the same machine or doing the same rotation. And then at some point that starts to, or that stops giving you the same benefit that it, that it used to give. So um, and there's something to be like, you kind of master it. So you're feeling great about yourself, but you're not getting the same amount of workout. So you're kind of, kind of tricking yourself, you know, um, where you don't want to go start doing a whole bunch of stuff that you've never done before. Cause then you feel like you're not making the progress. That's true. That's very true. So, um, so yeah, exercise has been a, a huge piece of it. I've got an Apple watch, so I'm kind of tracking a lot of, of the stuff with it. And that's, made that whole experience kind of fun for a guy that's data oriented. And, um, so that's enjoyable. And, um, so that's been a huge piece of rest and I, I, I don't, uh, by no means does that encompass all of it, but that's been a huge, uh, component of it. I think moving forward or, uh, so far in my journey. Um, I think, uh, well, I'll ask you about, um, you mentioned kind of some hurdles to, um, that's kept you in and more recently from uh, getting the exercise and stuff in, but you, I mean, you live in an outdoorsy place and your hobbies are very outdoorsy. I feel like you get a lot of that in, um, without having to be as uh, premeditated about it. Yeah, that's kind of my, my goal, um, situation is I just hate working out for the sake of working out. Um, and I, I like doing stuff. So <laughs> normally in Colorado, that means, you know, I'm going on hikes in the middle of the week and I'm really pushing myself because I'm curious on like what the new, uh, trail that I'm on has to offer or I'm lost or I'm afraid of a snake I saw, uh, <laughs> you know, natural things like that and i don't know um i go rock climbing which is really a, a phenomenal workout um and you're outside most of the time and if you're inside and you're rock climbing it's like just a great really really punchy workout kind of like um, a crossfit type of thing but with a purpose so you're not thinking like oh i want to lift the heaviest amount i can lift because workout you're thinking like i want to get to the top of this route because i think that'll be fun um, so it's all these tricking things and I play tennis sometimes outside, um, and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, recently with the weather change and traveling more, I have, um, had a huge knock in, in my physical activity, uh, just because I can't naturally get it as well. Also, sometimes I ride my bicycle to work when it's pretty outside and that's like a pretty, um, rigorous 30 minute bicycle ride each way. So that's a really, I don't even think about that being exercise, but it definitely is. And um, the first time I do it every year when the snow melts and everything, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm like winded, my, I'm sore for days. <laughs> so then you get used to it like everything else. So I don't know. I need to figure out a way. Somehow I'm one of these people who, when it gets dark, I'm like, what has happened? This has never happened before. <laughs> what are people supposed to do? This is such a surprise to me. And I'm 31, but <laughs> yeah, but yet the end times they're here. Yeah. Like you'd think I would just have a plan for the but it just seems to take me by surprise. Um, we were supposed to go skiing um, this week and this weekend. And so I went and worked out, you know, legs and cardio a couple of times this week at the gym, kind of lackadaisically by myself. Um, 
in advance of that because I wanted to be able to ski. And, and if I can incorporate skiing more into like the week and go up to the closest mountain and stuff, then I guess that's when I care about actually going to the gym is when I have something that I want to do that that will permit me to do, you know, like I want to climb outside. So I need a bell to be good enough, but I'm not climbing right now. So I don't really care. <laughs> so I need to, um, and the thing that I have on my docket that I'm looking forward to is, um, learning how to sail and you can be like in all kinds of lack of physical fitness. You know, there's no physical fitness component really to sailing as I understand it. So, um, like being able to tread water if you fall overboard or something. <laughs> but so I'm not as motivated as I normally am, I guess. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, um, I think it's a challenge from the standpoint of like finding all of that creativity to like do. I don't know, you know, a lot can go into that and each of it takes time to research and do well and, um, have, have the gear for, or n know all the spots for. And so, uh, I, I can understand complacency when it comes to that, right? Like it doesn't, the default natural gravitational pull is not to towards that. It's towards, uh, the opposite of that. And, and so, yeah. Totally. But I mean, it's so essential. Uh, you are such a happier, healthier person if you do even just moderate amounts of exercise. And um, I don't know, that's just something that probably needs to be in especially every freelancer's life, because it's so easy for work, it, it, freelancers and just like workaholics to have um, work encroach on every single area. And that's the default, like you're saying, like your default is working. It's not Netflix and it's not eating. So that's something, but it's working. <laughs> and um, that's not a way that you live a very long time. Um, so <laughs> yeah, it's not a scalable plan per no, se. It's not. And so I don't know. I've, it sounds like you do this. Some people are really, um, supporting viewing your life in weeks instead of day long increments when you're making plans like, okay, well I have a week. I know I want to work out four times. So I'm going to plan to do it instead of waking up every day and being like, I want to work out today. I want to do all my work today. I need to go to lunch today. I need to you know, do a ton of work. Um, so that like gives you more freedom and flexibility if you tuck things into your schedule seven days at a time. Yeah. For me, I like, I, I rarely, I mean, especially, you know, in the first couple months of the last six months, like I don't wake up being like, man, I really just want to go run right now. <laughs> like that's, that's never been a problem that I've had. Um, and I'm someone that jumps out of bed and wants to go, you know, be productive, but it's not looked like that. And I think for me sitting, you planning to your point, planning the week in advance, I can, I can look, you know, on a piece of paper or on a screen at some point and say, Hey, you know, in the next seven days, I should be able to find time to do this two times and this three times and like start putting the puzzle pieces together. And then when I wake up on a Wednesday, like I just know what I'm supposed to do. Right. Like I don't like, I don't have, um, it's kind of a luxury to not have to ask myself the question of, 
do I feel like going to run today? Cause like the answer is almost always a resounding no, but like, but that's not, that's not what I'm asking myself. I'm at like, I'm waking up and I'm just working my plan. You know, like it's not, it's not up for debate. It's planned and that's what I'm doing. And so, um, there's some freedom that comes with that in my mind. Cause it's just, uh, it's that decision's already been made. I don't have to request, you know, uh, re-question that e- each time. Yeah, that's a way we're different. And you're really good about that with um, your kid, too. You're always, like, talking with her about what's coming up, you know? (laughs) Like, constantly, like, next week we're going to do this. What are we going to do next week? Oh, how many days is it until we're going to do the thing? And then, like, tomorrow we're going to go here and we're going to see these people. And so then nothing is a surprise and everything is kind of, like, formulated and... um, she's mentally prepared for it. And I know that you must do that because you value it as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. She's uh, precious because she's at this phase now where uh, she's starting to grasp time a little bit. And so everything in the future is tomorrow and everything in the past is yesterday. So like whether it happened yesterday or like a week or three years ago, it's like, you know, yesterday it happened. And so we've, we have gotten in, in the habit where especially, um, you know, each night when we're kind of getting ready for bed, we'll talk about what's going to happen the next day. Like if a particular babysitter is coming or if she's going to school or, you know, if it's, uh, some, you know, uh, she went to a, a friend of hers birthday party, uh, tonight. And so we'll talk about that kind of stuff in advance. And, you know, if we have, a a friend or a family member coming to stay with us that she doesn't get to see very often, we try to show her pictures of them and like, you know, just kind of like teach her about them, like, you know, in advance. So she, has a, has a decent understanding and mastery of it. And, um, I just last night, actually for probably one of the first times she like asked for that, you know, we were, we were going to bed and she was like, what are we doing tomorrow? And I was like, Oh yeah, let's talk about it. Like, you know, we usually do and just didn't think about it. And, um, so anyways, that's uh, so cute. Yeah. That's helped, uh, uh, hopefully helped kind of circumvent some like meltdowns, right? Like, you know, we're not asking her to do anything that's surprising her. That is right. You're, there's no curveballs. Like she's been prepared for it. She knows what's coming. She seems really, like really oriented because she's always getting that until, um, repeated to her. It was funny. Um, when, uh, Rachel, your wife was FaceTiming me, um, with your kid, she, <laughs> Rachel was like, well, it's still daytime where aunt Sarah is because it's earlier there. <laughs> and I was like, that is quite the concept <laughs> to try to explain to a two and a half year old. <laughs> yeah. There's sometimes you get into stuff and you're just like, Oh, uh, this is way too, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, yeah. And her face was like, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think, uh, Rachel and I found ourselves trying to explain something to her the other day and it was just like, yeah, well, this is dumb. <laughs> Ab- abort, <laughs> abort. Um, yeah. Anyways. Well, um, I've got one other thing that I've been trying just as of this weekend that I've, I've become determined to do in a, in an effort to find rest. Um, I stare at screens all day and, uh, Friday actually, I had some work to get done. I had no meetings Friday. I was like, had a list of stuff. It was going to be super productive. And around two o'clock I started getting like, uh, like a headache that just got worse and worse and worse. The more I stared at my screen, I like, I turned down the brightness and I did everything to keep working. And finally I was like, I'm just, I'm just gonna have to go lay in bed for a second. Like, you know, close my eyes. 
And so I did. I ended up not working the rest of the day. It was just like one of those headaches that like every time I stared at screens came right back. And um, so I started thinking like that in the combination of this new feature from uh, the iPhone that tells you how much you use your screen time. It's so judgy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And like I. okay, so every week except for one since that feature came out. I've had double digit increases or decreases, excuse me, in, in screen time usage. Despite that, I'm still in an alarmingly high percentage of time like that I use. And it's like, like, you know, Oh, cool. Five and a half hours a day. Holy goodness. You know? And, um, and so that's, I mean, I'm very efficient with technology. I use my phone very efficiently, like, you know, but I, I do like a tremendous amount of things on it. Um, but it just, it dawned on me that it was like, I'm, this is happening like in a unhealthy level. Uh, so I found this article, which I'll, I'll include in show notes, but it's this guy and like the 40,000 different things he did to try to make, uh, his tool, his phone, a tool for him, like where it works for him. He doesn't work for it which I thought was an interesting way of describing that because, you know, sometimes I think we feel a little in, uh, beholden to our, our technology. And in particular, if you're a freelancer, because, you know, every time that ding happens or whatever, you feel somewhat obligated to make sure it's not something that you need to address. And so I've gone through a series of, well, first I've taken a tremendous number of apps off my phone. Um, and I've gone through a series of paring down my notifications in a really specific way. Um, and then I think kind of the next phase of that, which I had, I ran out of time to do, uh, prior to now, but is still on my plan is, is to really like limit what's on my home screen and to just, um, the right kind of apps. And one of the filters of kind of describing what the right kind of app is, is he was, um, making an argument for deep learning versus shallow learning, And so one might argue that like social media is shallow learning, like you're learning stuff, but like who the F cares? Yeah. (laughs) And, and like, is it important? And are you a better person for knowing it? Um, versus, you know, like reading long, long form articles or listening to audible books or some of this other stuff that, that probably is, is much more insightful and meaningful. And so I was like, okay, that's interesting because, you know, part of what I do is social media consulting and management. Um, and so I find myself like constantly towing the line of like what's work and where am I just getting sucked in into this vortex? And quite honestly, if I didn't do it for part of my job, I, th- I think I would probably like not exist on maybe but one social network, you know, mm. which one would you choose? Oh, Twitter for sure. hundred oh, okay. percent. I, I actually love using Twitter and, uh, absolutely despise Facebook and Instagram used to be okay, but it's on the Facebook path of destruction. So I've, I've really been like giving a lot of consideration to how I can still manage some of what I need to do for my business. For example, content marketing to people that follow me on social media without spending a ton of time there. And so anyways, I've, I've taken a couple steps to that. Um, I'm starting to like kind of rehab my blog and, and do more, um, stuff there versus social posts and, and maybe just sharing links to the blogs socially, but not, um, where the content's still mine. And if someone wanted to just follow my blog, they could. So to be mindful of people that 
are able to do the thing I wish I could do. Um, but then also just limiting some of that other, you know, distraction stuff. Cause I, I can get to where like, I'm just thumbing through apps, opening and closing them, refreshing them, whatever. And with no like real purpose, like I'm not specifically looking for one thing. I'm just like checking all my 12 apps real quick. And like, I don't know. I, I, there's part of me that worries at some point in time that, we're all going to have Alzheimer's when we're like 40 because we've spent our whole like uh child life, childhood and early adulthood doing that. Yeah. You know, I mean, that could happen. <laughs> or we're like just thumbing through like pages and pages of photos and, and texts and we're and our brain is having to like fire on all of that and, and process all of it in a way that's probably not terribly healthy. So uh, just trying to kind of develop some systems I, I've mentioned before uh, there's an app called Instapaper that I love where if you find an article you want to read later, uh, find it on social media, find it somewhere else, you can save it to Instapaper and then you can go and open Instapaper and just read essentially like this curated paper that you've made for yourself of, of just the articles you want to read. And so I'm, I'm leaning on that more heavily so that um, hopefully some, some deep learning can take place there you know, as I kind of curate through what I want to read and I can sit down in the evenings and read through it. Um, and then of, of that, what I want to share socially, I've got like a little workflow that I can, I can share it out so that it gets scheduled to post on the different places. So maybe only one or two times a week, am I actually having to sit down and, and come up with stuff to be shared? Um, and then hopefully saving some more time to like write my own stuff and coming up with my own thoughtful, um, content, whether that gets, shared publicly or not. So anyways, all, all of these things that, um, managing screen time is, is really just the other. And it's, I would almost find it as like the mental equivalent of finding rest, you know, like finding time where I'm unplugging intentionally and, and my, my mental state, uh, reverts back to, you know, uh, 1980s. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Instead of uh, the good old yeah. years in the eighties, yeah. <laughs> before everything was uh, quite so immediate and inundated. Yeah, I mean the fact that they built in the screen time component to the new iPhone is in in and of itself a little alarming. It's um, like maybe they have access to some research on exposure to screen time that they don't feel like sharing with the general population yet. Oh, but for sure. They're like, they're like, we're going to put filters on the cigarettes now, but don't worry about it. <laughs> Everything's <laughs> fine. Well, there's actually a lot of research that the, and I don't think a lot of people know this. Um, there's a lot of research that the social media companies use. I'll pick on Facebook because they're in the, um, specifically, um, horrible, <laughs> um, that they do a I mean, they, ha they employ psychologists, um, to figure out ways to make your interaction with their app more addicting. And, uh, they, they acknowledge and, and know that that leads to people feeling lonelier and more depressed, but it keeps you more engaged and that allows them to raise venture capital and have a higher stock price. So they're like constantly fighting this internal, um, 
dichotomy of, of like, do we want what's best for our customers or what's best for the company, you know? And for an app like Facebook, where you pay nothing to use it, you, you are the product, right? Like the app isn't the product, you're the product and the app only exists to serve you ads. And so like they need as much of you as possible to maximize their profit. And so that's where they end on that, you know, spectrum. But it's, it's really kind of, I mean, you know, there's been a rash here lately of people publishing articles that essentially say something to the effect of, Hey, I quit social media and I'm a lot happier. You know, no, really? And yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's a huge threat to social. I mean, that's probably the biggest threat to social media versus like, you know, the kind of stuff you read in, um, about Russia or politics or whatever. Um, and in fact, uh, like I think I saw something like a, he, uh, a pretty significant majority of, uh, millennials and the generation behind them, which escapes me now, um, are deleting like Facebook from their phone. Like there's, there's like a mass exodus taking place a generation or two behind us, um, of, of their app. And so, um, that's a huge threat for them. And so I, I don't know, it's, it feels like a, there's going to be a, a sense of like reformation that takes place with all of this. Like we've, we've had the last, you know, 10 years or so had the season of just intense, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, connectivity. It, yeah. yeah. And it, it almost kind of feels like we've maybe hit a guardrail and like, we're going to kind of, um, come back to the middle of the road a little bit on what's a level of healthiness. Do you know anybody who has just a flip phone? <laughs> yes. I do too. Yeah. And so I think that's going to become more of a thing. For, yeah. for hipsters who are like, I like my coffee pour over and, uh, and my house is tiny and my <laughs> phone's flipping. <laughs> I, I sent a, uh, I, uh, I used the time hop app that shows me what I did this day, however many years ago. And I had gone on a trip with a couple of buddies of mine to, um, to Maryland, uh, like eight years ago or something. And so it just happened to be that like we went like two days ago. So I, I downloaded like, Oh, you know, this is eight years ago today and, and texted it to them both. And one of the guys responded and it was not in the group thread. It was in a private thread. And he acknowledged that he couldn't see the photo because his flip phone didn't accept photos. And like, he was just completely ostracized from like, in my mind, what is one of the most basic, like a, like a three person iMessage. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like of all the stuff we're doing on our phones, that seems like the most elementary. And like he right? was disconnected from that. And I was like, wow. Can like, that was an eye opening experience for me. Cause like that's. On, yeah. You don't this. even know how to like, <laughs> it's like carrier pigeon stuff. Like you can't respond in an emoji unless it has a colon and a parentheses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was, I was like, oh, okay, cool. And I just had to describe it to him like he was like, uh, like heart of sight or something, you know, like, oh, this is, this is, from the, this is the time we went to Maryland. You know? <laughs> Close your eyes and yeah. go back in time with me to eight years and two days ago. <laughs> you're listening to the, all, the whole family's huddled around the radio listening yeah. to Little Orphan Annie or something. That's so funny. Um, but you know, good for them too. Like weirdos, but good for them. <laughs> yeah. So that, that like begs me, like, I know you're a person that's super great about responding to emails quickly in particular work emails. Like you get notifications when you receive emails on your phone, which makes me, that's like bonkers to me. I couldn't live life that way. Like, do, do you struggle with any of this? Or like, is it, uh, do you ever feel like it's too much or do you feel like you're able to manage it pretty well? 
Um, sometimes it, it gets to be a little bit, but, but I mean, I have a lot less anxiety. I used to have more anxiety when I would get notifications when I had bosses because it was never the clients who were saying something that was going to be frustrating or upsetting. It was always like, bosses. <laughs> so they're emailing at 1030 at night being like, you have to do this now. If a client does that, you're like, yeah, I'm not even going to respond to you. Like, <laughs> you respond at like a solid 945 the next morning and you're like, sorry, like, I, that's unreasonable. Um, so, you know, that I don't have as much anxiety about it. I have I have made an intentional decision to go the other direction, which is more connectivity. So instead of logging onto my computer and having like 35 um, new uh, emails to sort through, like I want my Apple Watch to like give me the first couple lines of every email and me to, you know, have just mentally been aware of every single text message and email that has come through. And then when like I sit down and I'm like, I've already passively considered a, a response to all of them. So it's just boom, boom, boom. Um, that is not the approach most people are taking, <laughs> but I, I am limiting my social media exposure because obviously that stuff is, is bull and it doesn't do anything good for you. Um, so I did delete Facebook off my phone ages ago. I left a uh, Facebook messenger because sometimes people will contact me through that. Um, and that seems like more than enough, right? Cause that's like the only, <laughs> the only part that's good about Facebook is like someone you went to middle school with can actually contact you if they have something, you know, they're like, I'm coming through Denver and maybe you wanted to know that. Maybe you didn't, but <laughs> they can, they can reach out to you in this kind of like, um, a very clean, sterile environment where they don't have to have your phone number. Or you don't have to like keep up with anyone unless you want to. Um, so I like that. And then I have uh, just in the last couple of weeks put on a screen time limitation, which is a new iPhone function on um, the rest of my social media. Get this, including LinkedIn, because I'm such a freaking nerd that I will scroll since I don't have Facebook on my phone. I'll scroll to like the end of Instagram and then I'll like go hit up LinkedIn and just like scroll. That, like why? <laughs> Man, I, I tell you what, LinkedIn is probably it's it's improved a lot lately. Like I find myself doing the same thing. Like there's more interesting stuff happening there than there definitely is on Facebook. Um, there's like the news feed and all that kind of stuff has gotten a lot better. Um, well, I've noticed it. And so I've started like, you know, jumping over there and that's not really what I want to do either. So, I mean, I want people to be able to LinkedIn message me and me get those on my phone. Like if they had a LinkedIn messenger app, then they might, I don't know. I haven't looked into this, but <laughs> I would delete LinkedIn. I just want fewer uh, abilities to like passively scroll on things. Cause I'm very disturbed about how I do that. Like first thing in the morning for so long and, and last thing at night for so long. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. And I've I've historically done really well about keeping games off my phone, but occasionally I'll download some sort of like really like mundane, thoughtless, you know, puzzle game or something. And it's just it gives me something to do like and you know, I've got the maybe at night the TV's on and I'm just sitting there like, you know, popping bubbles with blocks or something. And and like there's something satisfying about it, but it's like, I don't think it's a, a healthy on the spectrum of healthiness. I think it's just something to occupy my mind in a way that like, um, I could do without. Yeah. I, I wish I could get to a point where I just like relegated 
social media for some moment. But what what the screen time limitation of 15 minutes on Instagram has done is like really made it clear to me how often I will start working on something and be like finally engaged in the actual work in front of me. And then I'll be like 10% in and look at my phone and try to open Instagram. <laughs> and then it's like, you've reached your limitation for the day. And I'm like, whoa, why did I do that? Like, go back to the thing, you know? It's so weird how um, how distractible I am and, and, like, how that's a part of my function is as soon as I, like, lock into something, I just want to turn off my brain for a little bit. Um, and I don't know, I, I listened to that TEDx talk or one of them recently where someone was saying that the younger generations or their relationship with their phone is so visibly different that you can walk through a workplace and see people, you're in our age and are 30, have our phone face down on the side of the desk and then the younger people in the workplace have it face up in between their arms when they're um, typing on the keyboard so they're looking immediately from like their computer screen down to their uh, their actual like phone screen they don't even turn it like that's a new level of split brain um we we are interviewing uh, babysitters right now, and we met with one last week that received four text messages while we were meeting with her. And each time, like it, her phone buzzed enough that we could all hear it, like the whole whole room could hear it. And like each time she looked at it, which just like stuck out to me because it was like we were having a ten minute meeting. You know what I mean? Like at, for the first time, meeting for the first time, like you know about uh, you know potential employment <laughs> and. And, uh, I don't know, it just, I'm as guilty of that as anybody else, but, um, it just kind of stuck out to me. No, I, it does stick out to you. That's something that like, I I guess conversely, I kind of expect that from people, but when people don't do that, I notice it, um, which is interesting. And, and like, I have a colleague who never does that. He always, he will like, look at you. He looks at his phone. He puts it on silent and he puts it face down the whole time that you're, you're hanging out or talking to him. And it, it's really nice. It makes it easy for you to do the same thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, um, yeah. And I, I found, you know, to, to that end, I find it really easy to do that in those kind of moments. I think what's hard as a freelancer is the rest of the time, uh, like dinner every night and like, you know, I've got clients that are in different time zones and so they, they are still working while I'm eating dinner. And so like, you know, it's all of that gray area time that I feel like I need to do a better job of, of, um, managing, you know? Yeah. I mean, you, you wouldn't miss anything. I think probably like deleting Instagram would not kill me. (laughs) Like, just deleting it from my phone. That would probably be the ultimate thing. But you always find it's like hoarders. We're like uh, hoarders of, of just time wasting. You know, you, you, we will always find some other little nook or cranny to like waste our time in. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a hard thing. Like I'm, I'm kind of with you. Cause like, if I take away some of that kind of stuff, like, am I going to, am I going to level up or am I going to level down? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. It's like, well now instead of Instagram and looking at what people you actually care about or up to, you're like just trolling aggressively on Pinterest and being like, maybe I should try cauliflower rice. (laughs) 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 
And then all of a sudden I'm buying, I'm at Costco buying cauliflower. <laughs> Where's my mind gone? Your freezer's already full. What were you thinking? <laughs> if only I'd fought with my aunts and uncles about politics instead. <laughs> it's um, the true risk. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, we can kind of end with this, but there's something I learned um, not long ago that I found was super interesting, which is something called Dunbar's number, which is a, a sociologist in the UK, I think. Um, did oh, anthropologist, excuse me. Um, it's the number she kind of came up with, with what our cognitive limit is for the number of people we can maintain, uh, healthy, stable relationships with. Oh yeah. And it's 150. Wow. So like you think about how many people we maintain some level of relationship with through all of this stuff. And it's a lot more than 150. And so anyways, wow. to the point of like, are we, are we designed to be this connected? Um, you know, some people would argue we're not. Yeah. <laughs> Good uh, note to end on. Take yeah. a rest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, to some degree, honestly, that sort of thing, like reading that, I was kind of like, Oh gosh. Okay. So like I'm an introvert and I get stressed out and anxious about all this kind of stuff, but like maybe I'm not so weird. You know, like maybe there's some level of this is actually like human and normal um, instead of, you know, me just being odd. Yeah. So, you're, anyways, both. you're still really odd. I don't want to let you off the hook there. Well, you know, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. So to those that are out there um, kind of in the in the crunch of the end of the year and uh, holidays and all that kind of stuff. Um, good luck to you in finding rest. And if you have any uh, tips or uh, feedback from. Uh, this episode we would love to hear them and how can people contact us oh they can go to unfederated.studio or probably google either of us to be real <laughs> yeah that's true you know the googles <laughs> yeah but but don't text us pictures because we're gonna have flip phones <laughs> that's right when we're off the grid we'll you're gonna be a digital marketing <laughs> individual <laughs> with a flip phone we're <laughs> <laughs> We're going to start taking all of our quest our podcast questions by mail. <laughs> our PO box number is. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, well, thanks, Sarah. Thanks. Thanks for chatting. Yeah, you um, too. Thanks for your ideas. You too. You too. Talk to you soon, brother. All right. We'll see you. Right, bye.